Chicago. Yes, he does. Deep in the pocket. Touchdown. Touchdown, Chicago. You're listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast. Unrivaled, unmatched, and unequaled. Hogan Johns. Covering the Bears from CHGO, it's Adam Ho. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros, the incomparable Hogan Johns. Here we are, day three of the NFL Draft. What, we're, on, we're not, technically not even halfway through the draft, if you look at it that way. By number? Yeah. Correct. Uh, but we've, we're starting to see the light to the end. And today's the day where players we've never heard of get drafted. <laughs> and fans <laughs> continue to be upset. <laughs> Welcome in. We thought we'd do a live Hogan Johns episode for you to start Saturday morning. We were going to get on here and recap last night anyway. Um, and so why not? do it live and uh we'll take some of your feedback and comments and things like that but uh it's been a busy couple days johns we were live for four and a half hours last night olin Krutz walked off your set yes now there's a little bit more context to that than the uh, social media clip that was going around um i think the most important context is that um one, he was kind of doing a bit because he really wanted an offensive lineman, obviously, because he's only Cruz. And so the fact that they went DB, DB, you know, he was kind of screwing around, screwing around. More importantly, he had just taken a shot of Malort. And, uh, oh. and, and why think, did you? I, hey, don't look at me. I'm the one who refused to do it because you're a true Chicagoan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, some people argue, Malort, I, I, I've been born and raised in this city. Still live in this city, the city limits. This Malort thing is just like a, a tourist trap. That's yes. my firm belief. It is not part of our culture if you live in this actual city. It's not. Yes. Well, and there's a whole long story that goes, but apparently the guys at DNVR had some game where if they got the pick right, everybody had to do a shot. And technically, Nicholas Moriano tweeted out, on Thursday, I think, or Wednesday, that Kyler Gordon was his guy. So the Bears drafted Kyler Gordon. So the DNVR guys were like, you guys all have to do a shot. And they're like, do Malort. And I'm like, no, I refuse to do that. Will not do that. Um, and so I instead I did tequila. So while Will and Olin, yeah, oh, Will and Olin were struggling through the Kyler Gordon analysis as the next pick approach with Jaquan Brisker, um, they were, you know, I was doing okay. That's the real story. And Olin, I think, used the pick to walk off and go, like, wash his mouth out. Wanted to throw up. Yeah, probably. Um, so there's the inside story of what happened last night. There was a lot that happened last night. There was a dog that walked on the set, <laughs> peed on the rug. Why is there no clip of that? Uh, there was a clip of the aftermath. And then we kind of turned it into a big Lebowski bit, you know, with the rug getting peed on. So yeah. that was more entertaining. And then the dog came back and did something else. That I won't will not go into detail about. And then it was kind of like, okay, that's not funny anymore. <laughs> that, that dog must have had a shot up on the Lord, too. <laughs> yeah. So hey, that's one way to experience day two of the draft. It was fun. But welcome in. We're gonna talk about these three picks that the Bears made um this morning. And uh, a lot more picks coming today, although the Bears do not have a fourth round pick, which I do think is one of the negative outcomes of what happened yesterday is just the fact that they never were able to trade back and add a fourth round pick at any point. Uh, but make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. 
Uh, Johnsy's got all the coverage up on the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. I've been glued into the beast all weekend. And um, today's where the beast comes in handy the most. Yes. <laughs> As we get through rounds four through seven. But uh, Johnsy, what were your initial reactions uh, from House Hall last well, night? Well, I woke up this morning and I told myself, and I was going through all the text messages of, you know, of the your friends who just happen to enjoy texting you throughout the draft while you're yes, working. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I get those too. And I just... <laughs> so there's a bunch of them. Uh, I like the draft. I, I am a firm believer that they have to do more around Justin Fields. But I like that they got two day one starters. Two day one starters for their secondary on day two of the draft. Uh-huh. And some high-end player in those. They're not reaches. They're not. Best player available. I like Brisker. I like Gordon. Day one starters for the Chicago Bears. I like that. Everyone should like that. I feel like we talk about this every year, but the lead, you get all this lead up to the draft, and then almost instantly, though, you get a vibe of how quickly the player is going to be able to contribute. Like, I, I, I think back to... Um, like a pick like Eddie Jackson. Yeah. When they made that pick, you could just tell right away. It was like, oh, they're kind of thinking that this guy, even though he's a fifth-round pick, is going to play right away. And sure same, enough, he started week same one. Same thought process with Tariq yeah. Cohen. When, um, yeah, Tariq Cohen was the same way. Darnell Mooney was kind of the same way. The way they talked about him right away, it was like... It, so I actually even got that vibe a little bit with Valus Jones Jr. last night, which was, yeah, he's a 25-year-old rookie, but... I don't necessarily think he's going to be someone that's going to be on the field for even 50% of the snaps, but he's got a good chance to be the returner from day one and probably get worked into the offense into some packages and get him the ball in space the same type of way. So like, if you look at it that way, I think the bears got three players last night that you're going to see on the field week one in more than just a special teams role. And that that shouldn't be lost on anyone. I understand the angst about Justin Fields and all that, but I don't think it's the end of the world what they did last night. I think I actually helped their football team overall. He's a smaller version of Cordero Patterson, and I don't want to use the name Debo Samuel, but Ryan Poles did it himself. I'm not comparing them as players. You can't do that. But you can compare the role that the Bears envision for Valus Jones Jr. Jet mm-hmm. sweeps, quick screens, maybe a couple runs out of the backfield, different things. The occasional kick return, or maybe a little more as a rookie. But he's going to be on the field as a rookie. And here, and can I make one more point about Valus Jones here? Just because Dane Brugler, for example, had a fifth or sixth round grade on Bayless Jones Jr. does not mean the Bears reached in the third round. There's different grades applied to all different teams. Look at the Patriots taking Cole Strange, the offensive lineman in the first round, and everybody had him pegged much, much later in the draft. I think they did it later again. Who Another one. Um, Tyquan Thornton, right? Yes. The, the, want- the Patriots' two picks were, quote-unquote, reaches. Based okay, so on that's eight. another reach. Like... If you want to use that word, reach. But does anybody in New England go, oh, these are reaches? No, they go, Bill Belichick decided they were good. So, exactly. Well, obviously, <laughs> but in, 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 look them up. Uh, Dane Brogler had a, a fifth round grade on Thornton. Belichick took him, what, two picks? 
He took it, the Bears, uh, the fiftieth pick in the second yeah. round. Yeah, I think they traded up for him too. Mm-hmm. So, so just something to think about. Huh, here's another one: Alec Pierce, 89th player on Dane Brugler's big board, went what 52nd and 53rd to the Colts. Yep, that a reach. That was a little run there. Those wide just saying, just saying. Um. All right, let's do this. Let's. I mean, let's let's kind of go in order with the three picks that were made last night. We'll talk about each one individually. But Kyler Gordon was somebody that really, I would say, in the last two weeks, um, both things we read, some conversation I had. Uh, I thought he was going to go in the back half of the first round. Like he was just one of those late risers a little bit that doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't there the whole time. It just means like that's when it's, the information started leaking out that you know he could go earlier. And Logan Hall was in that same boat. Neither one actually went in the first round, but then Logan Hall came off the board right away with the first pick last night. And I believe the Bears, when they say, they're probably sitting there thinking he doesn't get to them at 39. And maybe in other years when they have more draft capital, he could have been a type of player that they would think about trading up for just to make sure they got him. But Ryan Poles sat there and said, no, you know, we're going to be disciplined. We're going to let a player come to us. And Kyler Gordon was still on the board there at 39. Now, everyone's thinking, are they going to trade back? Are they going to trade back? Because, you know, we've talked about that endlessly for the last few months. Based on what Ryan said last night, they liked Gordon so much that it would have taken quite a lot for them to actually make that move back. And so they just decided to take a player that, John Z, I this is just sort of a gut feeling, but I think there's a very good chance he's starting week one opposite Absolutely. Of, yeah. of, of Jalen Johnson. It, it just, it's Jalen Johnson all over again, but a better athlete. Yeah. Jalen Johnson walked into training camp as the starter, did he not? Um, I, I'm honestly forgetting if he had to earn it because that was the COVID year. I want to um, say in the off-season program, he was rotating maybe with Artie Burns. Yeah, something like that. But then by training camp... Well, Burns got hurt in camp, and then it was like, well, now yeah. they don't really have a choice. And sure enough, week one in Detroit, he started, and he made that clinching play at the end of that game, remember? Right. I, I'm sure the Bears will have a similar thought process with Kyler Gordon. I think it was Francis St. Paul... Uh, the Bears national scout who said, you know, Matt Eberflus will make him earn it. But the traits are there. The special movement skills are there. The ball production is there. I like that he has no penalties in his career, at least over the past two years. How crazy is that? Both of the DBs the Bears drafted. Yeah, how crazy is that? No penalties the last two seasons. Um, So, you know, the second they they got Kyler Gordon, I was like, Okay, it's obviously not offense, but it's definitely not a bad pick. Mm. I, they're, they're, here, and, and not at all. Well, I'll save this to when we talk about Valus Jones again. Um, but the age factor. Gordon, I mean, it's just it's a good pick for the defense. They have so many needs that you can't really you really can't get mad about it. You you just can't. So let's move on then to Jaquan Brisker. So he comes up at 48. Now, here I do wonder if there were some more conversations about potentially trading. I couldn't help but notice that clock got down to like 1.15 before we got that notification that the pick was actually in. And at that point, a lot of these picks were starting to roll a little bit faster. 
And so I don't know if there was any conversations there. Maybe we'll find out later. But um, in the end, they take Jaquan Brisker, who I liked a lot. And I did not think was going to be available there at 48. I'm sure there were conversations. You could use the old saying, it takes two to tango. Um, you also have to look at your your draft trade charts to make sure you get value for it. You can't just take some deal for an extra pick when you don't, <laughs> when it doesn't make sense to your own value charts. You can't break from that. I'm sure there are offers like that, but you can't break from your own value charts. My initial reaction with the brisk is like, oh, wow, people are not going to like this. It's another defensive back. When you need an offensive lineman, and there's good ones on the board. When you need a receiver, and there's good ones on the board. But if it's the best player available on their on their board, the Bears board, then I'm all for it. Uh, the more you, you read about Brisker, there's an intangible to him, some leadership intangibles that must be considered. You're talking about a guy who's going to change your culture, a leader in every aspect, not just in the secondary, but for your entire defense, if not your entire team. Well, I'm going to give a hat tip to Kevin Fishbane for his uh, story with polls on the resiliency factor, right? We talked about this. He likes guys with resiliency. And on Monday's CHGO show this week, I brought up Brisker because I couldn't help but notice in Dane Brugler's draft guide, uh, there was a sad note in there about how his brother was shot and killed when he was in high school. Grades were a problem. He didn't take school seriously. He goes the JUCO route. And eventually, like, we, and we talk about this every year with draft, like, then something clicks, right? That, that maturity factor kicks in. And for some guys, it just, like, accelerates especially when it comes to football. Um, and I think, uh, which was the scout last night that was talking about Brisker? Chris Prescott. Yeah. He got into that a little bit too. Just like, you know, some of these, it's just the reality. Unfortunately, a lot of these guys just grow up and have awful things happen to them in younger ages and sort of challenge, uh, channel some of that into football. And then they become, amazing leaders on and off the field and that you know uh and i think that that's the case here with brisker obviously just not having a chance to know him personally yet um but i again you look at the depth chart need is met he's starting week one next to eddie jackson unless he gets hurt right i mean like to me there's no question about it to go back to the intangible point Ryan Poles had this great quote when he was looking through his actual scouting notes, the, the, the notes from the scouts, but they're the written notes, typed up notes, what have you. This is what Ryan Poles said last night. I was looking through our scout stuff, and one of the guys used the term Super Bowl over accolade type to describe Brisker. You got to love that. So he, in other words, what he's saying is he cares more about winning Super Bowls than winning defensive player he wants to win yeah wants to win uh and then and then i had that moment where um i think it was dan weeder asked him uh hey are there any examples of him making like a clutch play or whatever and he goes oh yeah right at the end of the wisconsin game and i go mother because <laughs> i had totally forgotten he was the one that that uh intercepted Graham Mertz at the goal line when the Padgers were. He did. I watched that highlight last night. Hell of a play. Hell of a read. Shittiest throw ever, though, if (laughs) we're going to be honest. Like, threw the ball right to him. Didn't see him. Basically, yeah. Um, That was going to be a touchdown. He just did not 
either he didn't put enough air under it or he just didn't see him and Brisker undercut it. And then he returned it like 40 yards. And then the uh, ref got wiped out by Graham Mertz on the sideline just to put the cherry on top of the play. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, I like Brisker a lot, though. I really I know it doesn't help Justin Fields at all with those first two picks, but I really feel strongly they got two plug and play starters on defense. Can can I? Uh, what if they kind of do help Justin Fields? Just, just well, really, yeah. I, I know I know what you're saying, but in terms of building a better team, to use the word like when, when Ryan Poles was, was listing the ways that he could help Justin Fields, this was this pre-draft press conference where he mentioned, and everyone's saying we just got to go receiver, 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 but we got to build on the offensive line. And he also mentions turnovers. It just has the one word, one word sentence: turnovers. Yeah. You have two who could produce it now. Then he mentioned special teams about flipping the field. They did that in the third round with the versatile threat in Bayless Jones. I know what you're saying, and I think the Bears have to do more. I'm not changing my opinion on that in terms of adding around Justin Fields, but I like the picks. You, In general, if you feel like you added two day one starters instead of projects and day two of the draft, you should feel good about that. Well, this like- is an Adam Shaheen situation for the Bears this year. Okay, which is a great thing about transitioning to Bayless Jones Jr. here, okay? Because you can be upset that he's a 25-year-old rookie. And we've had some comments in here already today in our, our live show this morning about you got to think big picture. Why are you drafting a 25-year-old rookie? Well, the flip side to that is you draft a 20-year-old rookie and you're almost surely not getting a guy who's playing right away. And sometimes they never play. Sometimes three years go goes by and you're like, why is Riley Ridley never on the field, right? Or the only time we see Javon Williams is when he's dropping a, uh, a ball in the end zone. You or know, there's punching, something... Or punching somebody. Or punching somebody. You know what I mean? Like these developmental... And in... in in that case, Wims was a seventh round pick. But if a guy's 25, it's not ideal. But as Paul said in his press conference last night, it's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, there's a very, every scouting report, there's a lot on there. Okay. And you're very rarely in the third round going to get the perfect prospect. You're not even going to get the perfect prospect in the second round. Okay. Those guys go in the top 10. And even then, half of the top 10 is going to bust out too, by the way. So if you can get a guy who's seasoned, who you pretty much know you can put him back there, he's going to feel the kick to start week one and take it. But like if in week one, Valus Jones Jr. averages 25 kick return yards on a couple kickoffs, um, get you over 10, like 12, 13 on a couple punt returns, and catches two balls that each get you first downs because they're chunk plays, that's a win for a third round pick. You know, that's all I'm trying to say here. You're, you're, you're not going to always draft the next Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, at this point in the draft. If it's a guy who can get on the field early and help you fill a need, that's still a win at number 71. It's not Adam Shaheen. No. <laughs> now, now, we're, now we're into the third round, but, you know, it's it's the point about finding players who can play now. <laughs> It's I'm okay with the draft so far. 
I understand some of the angst over it, but at least the Bears have explained some of their vision for Valus Jones. Like they have a vision for him. Yeah. <laughs> like that's important from the get go, right? Like they 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 align on their thought press on him, thought process on him. Matty Berflus and Ryan Poles want explosive athletes. Luke Getze wants a versatile threat for his offense. Boom. Here's Valus Jones Jr. for you in the third round. Let's move him up our boards a little bit because he could do so much for us. Sometimes I get confused when the comments are rolling in during these live shows because there's people complaining about Debo comps. We didn't do that. That's, that must be happening in the comments, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you mentioned them, but it's you're not comparing them as players. You're comparing the, the roles that they're going to have. Yeah. Same with Patterson. Mm-hmm. Similar role. Different players. Swiss Army Knife. Yes. Type player in the offense. That's all. Heck, call him a bigger version of Tariq Cohen. By the way, uh, yeah, I mean, actually, that's kind of what his role will be. And the Bears actually miss. Here's the thing about Tariq Cohen. He, they miss him. When Tariq Cohen was right, there's a reason why they gave him that extension. I thought the extension was a little early. But he was well on his way to getting that second contract, right? Because he was giving you enough value as an adjuster, Swiss Army knife. Oh, Matt Nagy word alert. That's true. But but here's what I'm. What's true is when he's not on the field, he makes it easier for the defense to cover you. Having a guy like that out there helps the quarterback recognize the defense, right? Now Mitch wasn't good enough at seeing that. Ideally, Justin Fields will. When you put a guy like Vales Jones Jr. on the field, fast guys are good. I know what you're going to say about last year. They had a lot of fast guys, but we'll see if Vales Jones can can. He seems to do more with the ball in his hands than the fast guys that the Bears added last year. Well, I was going to say they're good if they're actually dangerous. Yes, if they're actually commanding some attention when they go out there. You didn't, you know, when Demir Bird walked out there last year, you weren't necessarily seeing the defense like pointing like. Oh, we got to get, you know, slide this way, slide. You know, that wasn't happening. This guy earned all Pac-12 honors, transferred to Tennessee, and earned all SEC honors. That is something. Yeah. The guy impressed in two major football conferences in college. That's something. One more note about his age. You know, James Daniels is still younger than Valus Jones, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Right, crazy. But at 20... Remember that being viewed as a positive for James Daniels, that he was a 20-year-old rookie, that he has all this time to develop? And, Adam, did he develop into the player the Bears thought he'd be? Well, he might for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's not going to be for the Bears. He might, no. Yeah. And I'm sure the Bears are to blame for that because they moved him around a bit. That experiment at center didn't work because he didn't have the voice for it. But but that's the, kind of the point. I think when everyone, when a player gets drafted, like everyone just assumes that guy's going to be around for 10 years. Like that's just not, it's a very small chance of that actually happening. You know, it, it's great. You drafted James Daniels and he was 20, but you know, he might get here in his prime for a different team because you were still unsure after four years, if he was really your guy or fit your offense, it, you know? So yeah, it may suck when you get to the end of Valus Jones Jr.'s, rookie deal and you're like oh he's 29 and that's probably not going to help him you know maximize his contract but let me just start with this if you're at that point that was a win 
Like, if you're even at that point where he's 29 years old and you want to give him a second contract, then it was a good pick. And you made a good pick at 71 in the third round. So <laughs> let's not worry about four years from now at this point. Let's just see if this guy can get on the field and help the quarterback. Should be able to. You want to talk about the quarterback briefly? Because I feel like he keeps coming up in discussions on Twitter. Oh, well, yeah, because people are mad that and I get it. Okay, Johns, it's April 30th. Tomorrow is May. And the first thing we talked about when this new regime came in, what were all of our questions on day one? Remember about Justin Fields. Justin Fields was the one player who came out and met with us, with the media, the day those guys were hired, the day those guys were introduced. This has been all about Justin Fields. And we are now on April 30th, and they have signed Lucas Patrick, Byron Pringle, Equimania St. Brown, and drafted a 25-year-old rookie, Valus Jones Jr. Like it's it they haven't done enough. The counterpoint is it's still April 30th. There's going to be another wave of free agency here. You have post-draft, you have comp pick windows closing, you have guys who are going to be available. There's and as Ryan Pohl said last night he knew he wasn't going to be able to fix everything in one year. Like, that was an admission. I I, I am glad he said that. I am, too. It's reality. Yes, it's candidness that you don't always get from front office members, regardless of sport, right? Maybe the Cubs and Theo Epstein had that back when they had to knock everything down. But being candid about your situation, it's him saying, no, we didn't consider trading up in the first round. I need those picks. You know, there's always the, the 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 end of that. You lose picks later in the draft. Just like you said, he's an expected trade up into the fourth. Why? It's going to cost picks. It's going to cost picks. He needs more picks. Whether or not he can trade back is another thing. But to hear him be candid about the Bears situation, understanding that this isn't just a one-year fix, that they're not one or two players away, I appreciate that. Well, and like and like we've been saying, they really – the. They really had a great draft on defense last night. And that's still part of what... I think people are forgetting how big the hole was at corner. Like, massive... They don't have a second or third cornerback. And safety, especially in today's NFL. So, but... I I promise... I'll make this promise to you all right now. Like, if this roster... If this offensive depth chart still looks like this when they go into training camp... Then I'll be sitting here bitching about it. Absolutely. And criticizing that. I'm just saying there's I respect the process that's going on right now. Okay. Get through the draft first. Then reevaluate what you have. Cause let's say they'd gone out and paid a cornerback a bunch of money. Well, now that doesn't now they drafted Kyler Gordon, like that wouldn't have made sense. You know what I mean? So now that they've gotten through the draft. They can reevaluate what those holes are, and there's still going to be people you can sign. There's going to be, there's good offensive linemen out there. There's Jarvis Landry still available. Like I'm not saying the Bears are going to go sign him, but my point is there's good players that are out there that are not now going to get signed because it's not just the Bears. It's pretty much all the NFL that we're sitting here is going. Let's get through the draft, then we'll see who's still out there and who we can sign. How about this thought? What if the Bears? Maybe they like 
Larry Borm at left tackle. Maybe they like Tevin Jenkins at right tackle. What if this new regime really likes what they got there? Yeah, I, I still think they have a huge hole at right guard, though, that needs to be Well, they don't somewhere. have anybody there. Yeah, I mean, they have you at right guard right now. But again, it can be addressed later. I, to go back to Fields for, for one second, just because the Bears didn't draft a receiver at number 39 or number 48 does not mean they don't believe in Justin Fields and they're throwing away this season. Ryan Poles literally said last night that he watched film of draft prospects with Justin Fields. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. You know who was on that list? Bayless Jones Jr. <laughs> Fields had questions. Poles has answers. They're I mean, working that, with him. That says a lot, actually, that the GM was sitting there watching film with him. Because, honestly, we talked to Fields just a couple weeks ago, and he was like, he kind of said that they hadn't talked a whole lot at that point. That he was still trying to get to know him and earn that trust back and forth. That's two ways. So to hear from the GM last night that part of the pre-draft process was sitting down and watching prospects with the quarterback, they believe they believe in the quarterback still. This he, Rand Polzels had another quote last night when he was asked about what he thought when the Giants' second pick came up in the first round, which was the Bears' original selection, but Ryan Pace traded it last year for Justin Fields. And Ryan Poles actually gave a, a very Ryan Pace post-trade for Cleo Mack-like answer, where he goes, when I look at that pick, when I look at our draft this year, I see Justin Fields in the first. I see Kyler Gordon and Ja'Quan Je Jaquan Brisker in the second. That's our draft. Those are our first two rounds. Fields in the first. Now, that's like Pace said a few years ago about having Mac in the first. But again, it's a sign of the belief that Ryan Poles holds in Justin Fields. And he's a younger player for speaking of age again than Mac was. Yeah. Well, how about on the flip side, Khalil Mack turned into Jaquan Brisker. But when you factor in the money and how much cap space it's going to give you next year, eh, I'd still do it. What trade, Cleo Mack? I'll just say, yeah. Yes. Because Cleo Mack turned into Jaquan Brisker. There's no, I mean, all due respect to Jaquan Brisker, we just spent this whole podcast talking about how great he is. There's a very small chance he's going to be ever as good as Cleo Mack as a defensive player. <laughs> Yeah, in the league. Yeah. If that I, happens, congrats to him. But I think there's always going to be that lingering debate whether or not the Bears could have gotten more for Cleo Mack. Yeah. Now there's some sunk cost arguments there because you're not getting a first round pick for him. It's just that's just different value as time changes. But and the and the cap space you're freeing up as part of the trade. Yes, you know there's rec a record amount of dead money in the Bears books right now. Something to consider for for next year. Uh, especially when free agency is back on the table for the Bears. But it is what it is. A lot of holes on this team. I woke up this morning liking the Bears draft, and I have not always had that feeling. No, no. I, I'm i a big fan of when you draft guys that are going to play early. Maybe I'm just a high-floor guy. You know, like, I just... The Bears need guys that you know are still going to be around in four years. Not projects that you're just hoping work out. Um, 
There's just too many needs right now. And I think that they got that last night. Like, I don't, I don't know that Kyler Gordon's going to be a Hall of Famer. Jaquan Brisker, I, I think best case scenario, Valus Jones Jr. is kind of your Tariq Cohen over the next few years. But again, Tariq Cohen was doing enough to earn a second contract. It's too bad what happened to him. But he was a good player on your roster that helped you. That's what you need. Players that help you, right? Players that are helping you, not hurting you. And I think the Bears got three of them last night, to be honest with you. And like you said, we can't always say that the day after draft. And to not have a first-round pick and to still be able to say that is impressive. There's value in defense, too. <laughs> yes, you know? uh, we do know that in Chicago. <laughs> I, I get today's modern NFL is build around a quarterback, but teams still make significant investments on the defensive side of the ball. Look what the Rams have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, did they just sign Bobby Wagner in the, in the offseason? You know, from trading for Jalen Ramsey, you know, like the investment on defense is still significant. Still important. Let me, all right, let's end the podcast with this. Um, We purposely did not want to talk about too much about what could happen here on Saturday because there's a good chance a lot of people will listen to this podcast later. So this was kind of our round two and three recap episode. So it's still, you know, got a life beyond the fact that the third day of the NFL draft starts in about 25 minutes as we're recording this right now. But Quickly at the end, I think we can do a couple predictions that we can at least uh, go back on and realize we sound like idiots on. Um, So right now, the Bears have two fifth-round picks, pick number 148, pick number 150. So those are, you know, bam, bam, right next to each other. Then they pick again in round six at 186. Those are the three picks they have available as we're recording right now as day three gets underway. No fourth-round pick. Do they draft more than three players today, Adam Johns? Yes, that was going to be my prediction. Okay. That those who want that trade back will get it with the 148th through 150th. They're just too close. So I imagine that tier cloud of players that Ryan Poles is looking at will spur some movement, and he'll take what's offered to him if someone tries to move up. Probably only going to get you like a seventh-round pick, tops, but um, maybe a late sixth. I think they'll end up with four players today would be my prediction. Do they draft another wide receiver today? No. Okay. Here's this. I watched him draft the running back. Yeah. What Ryan Pohl said the other day about this being a uniquely deep draft for running back has stuck with me. I almost wonder if they'll try to find another weapon, versatile weapon who could do different things for them all over the field at running back. Is that redundant at all with Valus Jones Jr.? No, no. Get okay. playmakers. Get playmakers. Will they, someone wants to know, will they draft punt God? Kevin Fishbane would love that. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I think, because I think he goes here in the fourth round. I don't think they have a chance to draft punt God. How many offensive linemen do they pick today? Two. So you're, you're two running backs, two, two two offensive linemen, a running back, a running back, and then a safety, <laughs> a safety. No, some some defensive player. They need. They need I'll say a D lineman then. Yeah, D lineman then to go to go with that. Okay, I'm yeah, with I'm you with, on that. Yeah, I'm with you with the four picks: two offensive linemen, one defensive lineman, and a running back. All right. If you hit on all four of those, you have to take a shot at Malort later. No. <laughs> No, no deal. <laughs> that was me last night for sure. 
<laughs> I like kind of felt bad because I'm like, I'm not being a team player here. I'm refusing the Malort, but no. within about screw you guys, seconds, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. Within 30 seconds, I was like, I'm pretty sure I won that battle. Yeah. There's actually a great uh video that our social media team put up on Will DeWitt's face right after he took the shot. I think it's yeah. on the CHGO Bears Twitter account. It's hilarious. Like his face just immediately went like. And he's trying to shake it off, though. He's trying yeah. to like <laughs> man up a bit. Oh. You lived in Chicago. You're born and raised in Lincoln Park. It's yeah. not part of our culture here. No, get out of here with that. Like it's uh, technically a Chicago thing, but it's no. It's gross. Ugh. All right. Enjoy day three of the draft, everybody. It's another beautiful day in Chicago. More rain. But the Bears got two day one starters on defense, everybody. Did you see my tweet yesterday about the sun? No. I caused think? a panic. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of things happened. People thought I was high. People thought I was seeing, seeing aliens. The WGN... <laughs> Weather department freaked out because they thought something weird was actually happening. And meanwhile, I was just talking shit about Chicago weather. With all due respect to that producer. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like Adam Hoag saw space. A lot of people we thought they were seeing aliens or something. Yeah. I was just trying to make a point that the sun came out. It's a rare occurrence here in Chicago. Cloudy and rainy for weeks. All right. Uh, it's a fun weekend. It's been a grind. I appreciate everybody who's been watching, listening along the way. I like this from Eight Hour Vibes. Notorious UFO conspiracy theorist Adam Hogan. I like that. That's me. That's this describes me to a T. You could get the Hogan Johns hat from obvious shirts that he's wearing with tinfoil inside if you need be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You tinfoil sold separately, I believe. Sold separately. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. We'll be back. Uh, we'll have a Monday episode for you, actually, to recap the entire weekend once we see how today plays out. But um, it's been a fun couple days. Today should be fun as well. And, um, you know, it's probably just a good day to sit inside and enjoy the draft. Sounds like a plan. So, all right, uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read all of Johnsy's coverage on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to get that subscription. Our coverage is up at allchgo.com. We'll have a Bears Things column up Monday with a ton of reaction from the draft and the weekend, so check that out. And uh, all the merch is up, obviousshirts.com. Shout out to our producer, Kent, who's been doing – he's in Vegas producing the Athletics NFL show. And um, – know still making time for us too so a lot of work going on in vegas i'm jealous though he's there 95 and sunny he said he's sitting by the pool doing a hogan johns episode probably is yeah (laughs) probably is all right uh we'll talk to you guys monday enjoy the rest of the draft see ya